Hi, I'm Peter Tragos, host of the Lawyer You Know podcast and YouTube channel. The saying goes, everyone hates lawyers until you need one. Well, I'm here when you need one to answer your questions and give you insight that you didn't know you needed. Welcome back to The Lawyer You Know, and today we're going to unpack more of the facts on the Surfside condo collapse and talk about how these lawsuits have already been filed against the condo association. We're going to talk about whether or not these lawsuits can be successful, and we're going to talk about the legal arguments surrounding whether or not you can sue your own condo association or homeowners association and how all that works. If you like this type of content, please like our video and subscribe to our page because this is what we do. We talk about what's going on in the law in our world today. We talk about how it works, what your rights are if something like this happens to you, and I get your ideas on what you'd do if you were on a jury in a case like this. So today we're talking about whether or not you can sue your own condo association like this Surfside situation is unfolding. The building collapses. A lot of people in the comments of the last video felt like it was the condo association's fault, but let's talk about whether or not you can actually sue and be successful in suing your own condo association. So generally speaking, in Florida, you can't just sue your homeowners association or condo association because they usually have alternative dispute resolution agreements within the agreement that you sign as the HOA rules or the condo association rules. There's a contract that you sign. We talked about it a little bit in the last video where it was attached to the complaint, which is the agreement as to what the condo association was gonna do and what the residents or the homeowners were going to do within that building. So you sign an agreement, usually there's an alternative dispute resolution agreement in there, which means you're not just gonna file a lawsuit, you're not just gonna go to court, you're not just gonna go to trial on this case, instead, you're gonna kinda try, try to handle it in-house, quietly, quickly, smoothly, not wasting a lot of time and money, you're going to go to mediation. You're going to go to arbitration. You're going to have a judge decide so there's not a ton of legal fees involved because a lot of those agreements also have attorney's fees and costs clauses in them, meaning the prevailing party has to pay the other side's attorney's fees and costs. So you don't want to file a lawsuit unless you're pretty sure you're going to win because if you lose, you could end up paying the condo association's attorney's fees in full or the condo association could end up paying your attorney's fees if you win. So that's usually built into these contracts. We're gonna talk about some of those reasons as we get further into the video, but generally let's just talk about condo associations and homeowners associations. If you've ever been to one of these meetings, you know how they go. If you've ever gotten the newsletter, if you've ever gotten something in the mail from them explaining what they're doing, usually what they talk about is planning events, rules of the neighborhood or rules of the building if it's a condo building like it is here. They talk about building improvements and building repairs, which is important in this case because back in 2018, we know they started talking about these building repairs. So they talk about these types of events. They talk about the dues. How much are you going to pay monthly or annually or whatever it may be? They talk about whether or not they want to allow pets. They talk about whether they're going to have Spectrum or Wow Internet or whatever it may be. They talk about things like that, especially if it's in a condo building like this where they all share certain things the same. So those are the things they generally talk about. But any major decisions, any major repairs, any major improvements, any major expenditures financially usually have to be voted on by the entirety of the homeowners in that condo building. Not just does it have to be voted on, but they have to be large super majorities usually to do anything significant. Most of the time, there has to be a two-thirds vote that's going to get something passed through to pay some large amount on. And what's hard about that is if you have to get a two-thirds vote to approve building repairs or 75% of the homeowners to agree on building repairs, 
Think about how hard that is when all the homeowners don't even show up to the meetings. Sometimes you can't even get 75% of the homeowners to come to the meetings, let alone vote to something that you as a board of directors want to happen or think is best for this building or for this neighborhood. So it's very difficult sometimes to get big decisions passed through all the red tape before you can actually make significant change in a building like this. We don't know what happened yet. Discovery is ongoing in these cases. They have subpoenaed the documents to show what the minutes are, and that's another thing. There are minutes taken in every one of these meetings, or there should be, according to the law, they have to take minutes about what they talked about, what the votes were, how many people were there, how the votes turned out, if they only had 33% or whatever it may be. Those documents should be available by subpoena for these plaintiff's attorneys for the residents that were injured or killed here. And they subpoena documents from the engineering firm that did this investigation that came forward with recommendations on what they thought should happen to the building. So this discovery is happening now and we'll be able to break it down when the documents come in, if they're public record and we can look at them. So when talking about these decisions that have to be made in suing condo associations or even board members personally, we've got to remember it's difficult sometimes to get things through. Unfortunately for me, there were a couple years where I was on the HOA board for my old neighborhood that I used to live in. I couldn't wait to get off it. As soon as I was on it, it was miserable. It's a thankless job. And let's not forget that it is a volunteer, unpaid position that you do to try to make your neighborhood better or try to make your condo building better. So we're going to talk about whether or not these individuals on the board can get sued, but let's keep that in mind. This is a volunteer position. These people are not professionals. They're not a property management company. They are homeowners or building owners or condo owners in this neighborhood or in this building. And they're just trying to do what's best for the other owners in this building. So other ways you can try to get to that two thirds majority or 75% voting in favor of something is going door to door in a neighborhood or in a condo building, trying to get votes as proxies. So sometimes we even had this happen. One of our board members walked around to the 175 houses in our neighborhood, getting signed proxies saying, this guy can vote for me. This guy can vote for me. However, he votes, me too. Samesies, I'm voting just like this guy. So that way he brought in with him 50 votes. So that's pretty significant because those 50 homeowners weren't going to show up to the meeting. And that can go a long way in trying to get a two-thirds majority, trying to get 75% majority on any of these significant votes. But does a board member have a duty to do that? Do they have to go door to door? And the answer is no. They don't have a duty to go get all these votes by proxy, but the homeowners that didn't show up, let's think about that. Because if they have minutes for the last however many years of doing these homeowner association meetings and these homeowners didn't show up, are they even going to have a leg to stand on? Do they deserve to be able to argue with decisions made by the condo association board when they couldn't even be bothered enough to show up for the meetings? I don't know. I think that's going to be arguments that are made by the condo association in this situation. They're not perfect. They're not professionals. They're owners. They're on a board. They vote things together. They can't unilaterally make decisions for the most part. A condo association board can't say, you guys vote against these $9 million or $15 million in improvements. Too bad. We're going to do it anyways with your money. That's the big issue in this Surfside collapse is it's their money that they would have had to agree to spend a significant amount of money to fix this building. Now, should the city have come in? Should the state have come in and condemned it and made them all leave? But then you're displacing people from their homes. What are they supposed to do? Where are they supposed to go? That creates other issues. But as far as the condo association, what is their duty? They can't unilaterally fix this problem. They don't have a budget of $20 million to just do whatever they please. Usually they have reserves. Usually they're for emergencies. Usually they're not $15 million. 
we had like $800,000 or something in reserves when I was on that HOA board in case we ever needed to repave the streets or if a hurricane came and we needed to make improvements to the common areas of the neighborhood as a whole. But $15 million, we would never have that reserve. So they would have had to spend more money to fix it and put more money in. Knowing now what we know, I'm sure they would have done it. But back then in 2018, did they feel like the risk was significant enough? Were they told about how significant this risk was? So one of the big questions surrounding this entire area of law is can you sue the board members directly? And technically you can't. They are not completely immune from personal liability by their personal decisions and votes that they make while they're on the board and what they say to the community as a whole, which is why it's a thankless job and why a lot of people don't want to do it because everybody hates you basically. Everybody wonders why you're not working fast enough. Everybody disagrees with your decisions. And then if something goes wrong, you can be sued personally. It's like, no thanks, I don't want to do this. And then you have the people that get on there and try to abuse their power, take the best parking spot, take pictures and give violations to people they don't like. And that's problematic as well. So if you're going to sue somebody personally, usually you have to prove fraud, abuse of power, um, just reckless negligence, willful negligence, but horrible actions, deplorable actions, stealing funds, fraud, things like that. That's when you can sue a board member personally. Negligence, just general negligence or not making a good recommendation, usually they're protected. And there are laws in place that protect homeowners associations and especially their board members for this reason because they're not professionals, they're volunteers. And that is known as the business judgment rule, which protects the board, protects the condo association from a lot of their decisions as long as they can explain and prove that their decisions and their actions were reasonable and made in good faith. For what's best for the condo, for what's best for the owners, for what's best for the residents. They tried to make a reasonable decision with the facts and the information they had, and they made that decision in good faith. Additionally, they can propose things that are not voted in, and then they wouldn't be liable. So this business judgment rule is important, and I expect that the defense is going to come with that as one of their affirmative defenses. The business judgment rule, everything we did we was made in a reasonable decision, was made in good faith, and there was nothing we could have done to prevent this. Their decision just had to be made within their scope and authority. And this can even protect bad decisions. So the board could have said, there's no way we raised $15 million. Let's try to do small improvements once we have enough money saved up, which is what was eventually happening in 2020. They started making improvements. Turned out to be a bad decision. We know now, but as long as they were acting reasonably at the time, they were making this decision in good faith and within the scope of their authority, maybe they will be immune from any of these claims made against them. Now, if the court finds that the board members acted unconscionably or fraudulently in some way, like they were paid off or they were stealing money and that's why they didn't have enough money to pay for these improvements, hook, line, and sinker, that member individually and the board is screwed. But I don't know if we'll find that yet and we'll see as discovery is ongoing. There are some specific reasons set out that you can try to sue an HOA board or a condo association board. And those are failure to maintain common elements, failure to ensure safety in the common or shared spaces. And then election disputes and pet disputes are big ones in condo buildings. Like this person shouldn't have been elected. They're abusing their power. This person has been on the board too long. You can file suit against for stuff like that. But the general ones are failure to maintain the common areas and failure to ensure safety, which is exactly what is being claimed in these lawsuits. Another question a lot of people had is, do they have insurance for things like this? And the answer is yes. There should be insurance in place. Whether or not they had the proper insurance is unknown at this time. And whether or not they had enough coverage is doubtful for the catastrophic damages suffered in this case. But there are a bunch of different kinds of insurance they could have had to help cover exactly what happened in this case. 
So the general insurance that everyone should have on homeowner associations, condo boards, on the building itself is a general liability insurance. This building should have liability insurance to anything that happens to residents or visitors on this property, right? But in addition to that, they should have directors and officers insurance, which covers decisions made by, you guessed it, the board of directors for a condo association. And that insurance can even provide attorneys for them. They can pay the legal fees for them. Now, sometimes where it gets hairy is if the board as a whole is sued and individuals are sued, they may have to hire their own private lawyer as an individual, but the insurance will pay for the lawyer for the board in its entirety. So sometimes there are some issues there. And that's the other reason why some people don't want to be on the board is now what? I've got to pay personally to have an attorney represent me because some crazy person sued me that lives in my building or lives in my neighborhood. Now different than this situation, but that's just another reason not to be on a condo association board. So the lawsuits are already coming in. What do we think is going to happen? I think the condo association is going to have some of these defenses. They're going to have the business judgment rule. They're going to have insurance in place to cover a lot of this. So I think there will be settlements. I don't think this is some case that's going to go to trial. I just don't know if there's going to be enough to cover the damages. I actually, I'm confident there's not enough to cover the damages. So they're going to have to figure out how to parcel up what insurance goes to what person and what family and, and decide and make hard decisions as to what each person's damage is worth. And if it's a class action lawsuit, it's going to get messy and it's going to be an extended litigation would be my guess. But another thing we haven't heard yet is are any of these individual board members some of the missing people or some of the people that were found deceased in the rubble. We haven't heard that yet. So you can't sue these individuals. And I also haven't seen any individual board members' names on any of the lawsuits I've seen filed. I've just seen the association named as the actual defendant. I think they're trying to attach as much insurance as possible. They're trying to attach whatever reserves there are. And they're just, there's just a limited amount of money to go after unless you get the city involved, unless they sue the city and they can pierce through that sovereign immunity and pierce through those caps. That's the only way we really get to huge dollar amounts that can actually cover these losses because as it sits now, it doesn't seem like there's going to be enough insurance and there's no one else to go after. Because it's a condo association, it's made up of your own money as residents, it's made up of your own people, other residents in your building. So I don't know, I haven't heard anything going against any property management company. I haven't heard anything else that seems like there can be major, major hundreds of millions or billions of dollars worth of damage. I haven't seen anything or anyone that's going to be able to pay for that. So let me know what you think. Does this change your mind as to whether or not the condo association or its board members should be liable? And answer those questions separately. Do you think the individual board members should be liable? Let's say if they didn't push hard enough to get these repairs. Do you think the condo association itself should be liable? Even with business judgment rule, even if they were trying to do the right thing for the residents and for the building? Let me know. This is an ongoing situation. We're going to learn more about it, but I just want to talk a little bit about what it looks like to sue your own condo association. It's not just like suing some other big corporation or insurance company. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. If so, like the video and subscribe to our page for more. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.